How's it going, folks? This is uh, Adam Davis coming at you again from the Next in Line podcast brought to you by the RFK Refugees Sports Network. It's Adam Davis just alone in the booth today here talking to you about a couple of things. Um, already had uh, our first drop of the 2023 season and uh, talked a bit about some of the transaction tracker, you know, kind of stuff that's been going on for Loudon specifically with <clears throat> folks coming in for the team those folks who departed, who stuck around, and kind of what the a little hinting about what the new ownership kind of situation at Segra Field looks like for maybe some bodies coming in and out. Um, I, I want to get a little more into that. I, I want to do a couple things in this episode. First of all, I want to just highlight that <clears throat> the intention for this 2023 season is going to be shorter episodes. I think the 20 to 30 minutes mark is kind of the sweet spot. I don't want to talk to you guys or have us talk to you guys for an hour. Uh, once a week or every other week, you know, however we end up planning to, to hash this out. But shorter bursts, um, easier to kind of digest, easier to take in, easier for us to record as well because there's a little work here on the back end as well. Um, so this episode, what I'm hoping to do is talk a little more about some transfers and transactions that were missed. I'm going to talk about the CONCACAF U17 Championship and why that's important to us. And then if I have time, I'm also going to talk about the new ownership situation. I'm really kind of dig more into that whole thing so first and foremost uh let's talk about transfers and uh these are not new transfers these are just missed transfers i want to highlight that these are not new signings um as of right now in the afternoon of uh, 21st august there have been no new signings since the last episode dropped but both uh both of these folks uh, were, were missed for some reason i don't know oversight and just not included big names important names um uh, at least one of them potentially starting as well. Uh, but the first is is Koa Santos, who is a fullback or predominantly right back, uh, who's coming out of Charlotte FC of the MLS. And then the other is Zach Ryan, who is uh, maybe in, who I'm kind of anticipating to be the backup striker to Tommy Williamson. Uh, he's coming out of the New York Red Bulls. Uh, what? As uh, I'm sure Mendelovitz would say, we won't hold that against him. Uh, hopefully he performs great for us. Uh, and so both of them are on the roster as well and, and need not be forgotten. Please do not. Um, but continuing on, I want to talk about the CONCACAF U17 Championship. Now this is, uh, for those of you who are aware, the CONCACAF uh, or confederation that the United States, Mexico, Canada, and uh, the Canadian or excuse me, and the uh, Caribbean nations uh, participate in, and Central American as well, nations participate in, is uh, is having a U-17 tournament. It's the big championship tournament with a bunch of countries participating in it. And uh, there are a number of names that are out of the DC United Academy roster that are in and participating in this. Um, it's being hosted this year in Guatemala, so that of note. Um, and if you are following it, you're probably following it because the U.S. Youth National Team uh, is playing. As we stand right now on the 21st of February, Who the, the U.S. Youth National Team is going to be playing um, a quarterfinal match after a 7-0 win in the round of 16 over the Dominican Republic. They're going to be moving on to play Guatemala in the quarterfinals. That's at uh, 1900 or uh, 7 p.m. local time tonight. Um, but... 
the U.S. Youth, Nathal, youth National Team, obviously, I'm struggling to say that mouthful, uh, U.S. YNT, is, uh, is actually not featuring any D.C. United player or academy players. Um, there have been some players who, well, we'll get into that, who, who've played for them, but who are featuring in this tournament. But starting off uh, right now are the two teams that are still currently in and who have uh, D.C. United academy players on their rosters. The, the first is Honduras. Uh, whose next match is against Panama in the quarterfinals. Uh, if you are so interested to tune in for that, uh, but they have two players: one uh, being a defender, Jose Calix, and the other, Alessandro Maldonado, a midfielder. Uh, and and if you are again, if you care enough to to tune in and you you have the streaming opportunities, then uh, they're playing Panama, and that'll be on uh, the 22nd of February or where I'm recording right now, tomorrow night. Uh, the second, which has a large group of DC Uniteds uh, in the fold, uh, is is capped off by uh, uh, Christopher Aguerta, who is making headlines right now for his performances in this tournament. He is having a stellar, stellar tournament and is on currently the tournament of the, or the uh, team of the tournament, at the striker position, he's a forward who has had prior U.S. youth national team call-ups, uh, predominantly, most recently in 2022. Um, he uh, had a great game against Haiti where he had a brace and is continuing to perform wonderfully. They, He and El Salvador are going to be taking on Mexico in the quarterfinals after Mexico uh, had a, a solid outing in their round of 16 match. Um, additionally, in, in addition to Christopher Aguerta, there is Raul Avalos, who's a, another forward. You got two defenders, Jonathan Aguirre and Diego Vasquez. And then Alexander, Alexander Aguilar, who is uh, currently between the sticks at goalkeeper. Um, rounding out DC United Academy participation is uh, Nicaragua has a Luciano Lanzas, who is playing and who will be taking on... Um, or excuse me, who were eliminated by Mexico in the round of 16 in a uh, 6-0 loss, um, but that's okay. So um, just wanted a quick note of them. These are names, uh, I would say, especially Christopher Aguerta, who, you know, are, their performances in this term tournament are going to directly impact their trajectory the rest of their careers. And I say that because of the, the split that I'm going to kind of get into a little bit in this episode. That is the MLS Next Pro uh, League that, that DC United is is fully investing into as well as the, the, the path to pro opportunities that exist in the USL Championship and, and USL League One, you know, places and, and also opportunities overseas as we're seeing a lot of youth players that have kind of cut their teeth at Loudoun or elsewhere move overseas uh, and some of them even moving back if you're if you're tracking the whole awkward uh, situation with Moses Nyman coming back to play for Real Salt Lake. But um, a lot of those big names, Griffin Yao that we saw, you know, and um, Kevin Paredes, who are now in Belgium and Germany and elsewhere um, across Europe. Um, but yeah, so a quick note that that had to be done that, you know, had to talk about the CONCACAF U17 championship. It would it would be against us if we didn't, you know, if we didn't do our job to, to cover that a little bit. Um, I, I think there's going to be more to come. I think there's going to be a lot more 
um, interest in in some of these performances and these players as as that rounds out. Uh, I'm hoping that we get to see more and more of them uh, advance through. Um, not not just because I want to see Mexico lose to Nicaragua, but also just because I want to want to see this this play out. And, and of course, on the side, I'll also be rooting for our uh, U.S. boys, even though they decided not to take any D.C. kids up with them. So that's all great, but I really want to talk about. Um, and what I want to kind of invest a lot of this, this or invest a lot of this uh, this episode to is, is talking about the ownership changes that that are occurring right now or just occurred. Um, that back in late December, early January, 2023, there were rumors that DC United was kind of ah, sussing out or, or thinking about and considering. Uh, the potential sale, and I think this is something that's been going on now for the last 12 or so months, but uh, the, the the potential sale of Loudoun United, and this is, is coupled because, you know, coupled with a, a number of things, you know, after Loudoun was formed and uh, the contract and was, was agreed upon for Seger Field and DC United decided to move its headquarters and training facilities out to Ashburn or to Leesburg area, then you know you saw this MLS Next Pro League form up, and USL Championship wants its independence. They, you know, USL in general wants its independence from MLS, and they want to compete on the same tier. And so a lot of headbutting and um, maybe a little dissonance as well uh, that occurred in uh, what was best for DC United's investment. Obviously, uh, playing having players come out of the academy and play at the fully professional level is probably better for their, uh, their development and advancement. I think that that's been demonstrated by those players that, that have, uh, that, that DC has been able to cash in on pretty substantially, uh, as they've sent them overseas. But, but also, you know, you, you have to, as a MLS side participate in this league that's de- specifically designed to, uh, develop these post Academy aged, uh, youngsters and youth. So, they're kind of at a crossroads uh, and for to make a decision on, on what it is they want to do, how they want to go forward with this Loudon investment. And one of, as a fan, uh, not just uh, someone who, who follows them uh, from this podcast, but one of the ways that they could do that is to sell the franchise. And it looks like uh, Mr. Greg Baroni, who is the uh, CEO and managing general partner of Attain Sports and Entertainment, was that individual to step up? Um, so who is who is Mr. Baroni? Greg Baroni also and uh, attained sports entertainment owned the the Bowie Bay, uh, Bay Sox Bowie Bay Sox, which is a Double A affiliate baseball team to the Baltimore Orioles. They own the Frederick Keys, which is an MLS MLB draft league team and a quote unquote yet to be named Atlantic League baseball team, which is supposed to play in Frederick, Maryland. Probably a big deal you're asking the wrong person. I don't care that much about baseball enough to, to know exactly what all that means, but they have experience in, in bringing fan bases uh, uh, and uh, you know, the full sport, full sporting um, experience. And, and I think that's good for, for fans of Loudoun United. The next question would be, well, well, where, where's DC fit into all this? And DC's still here. They're a minority owner, um, and are still going to play a part in Loudon's future, you know, it may be on in more of a backseat role, but certainly going to have a, a substantial role in, in their future um, going forward. The next set of questions, I guess, that I think most people would ask, or if I were having a conversation with someone, is what does that mean for 2023? 
right off the bat, it means more veteran signings. You're, you're seeing a lot of articles of, of Coach Ryan Martin saying, uh, you know, we're going to have a bunch more veterans. We have, more, you know, a lot more, twice as many, three times as many than we did at this point last season. And you're going to see a lot more of, of those talented veterans coming in and filling out the roster. Um, you're also going to see probably a different relationship with DC United loaning going on. Less of those like day or two day, four day loans that occurred for like a single match or whatever. Um, but probably going to, if you were going to ask my opinion, probably going to see a lot more of the season long type loans uh, for, for player development. Um, that might mean less loans, but it may mean more stability in the clubhouse. Um, it also means participation in the Lamar Hunt Open Cup. As an, as an owned by team, Loudon was not eligible to participate in the Open Cup, which is the oldest uh, professional or just general soccer tournament that exists in the United States. Um, but as an affiliate club, affiliated with DC United, uh, we are eligible. And uh, Loudon will be participating in the upcoming uh, Le- uh, excuse me, Open Cup. And the first home match, or excuse me, first match is going to be at home, and it's uh, anticipated to be against North Carolina FC, who participate in the USL League One, a league below the USL League or USL Championship. Um, that'll be occurring in a second round as USLC teams get a, a bye from the first round. Those dates are set to be four through six April. I think somewhere online I saw four April is is currently the set date for that fixture. Time still be determined, but I think more will come. That might just be a preliminary date. But North Carolina FC, um, to divert real quick and talk a little bit about them, and as we learn more about uh, the, this this whole tournament and this match, we'll, we'll give you more information about them. But you're probably familiar <clears throat> With uh, NCFC, they're a team that US that we played in the USL Championship twice during Loudon's inaugural 2019 season. Uh, they beat us 3-0 in Cary, 3-0, 3-0, excuse me, in Cary, North Carolina, and then we returned the favor with a 4-0 or 4-0 beatdown at Segra later that season. They've finished 12th and 11th in the the two seasons that they've been since they have moved down to USL League One. They they moved to USL League One after the 2020 COVID season where a lot of those independent clubs kind of struggled to stay afloat financially. And, uh, you know, that, that's okay. They, they've been, uh, there's still a, a franchise to be reckoned with and they still have an Academy and, and a lot of, a lot of good names coming in and out of that, that clubhouse. So, um, that'll be, it'll be a winnable match, but it also will be a tough match. I think they'll go, they'll come up to Segra wanting, um, to, uh, wanting to win. They're not gonna, they're not gonna roll over. They're not gonna do anything. So, <clears throat> Again, we'll get into this, but this is this is a huge deal for fans when talking about the ownership change, just because of the simple fact that for the first time ever, Loudon is going to have cup football in Leesburg. You know, something that Nova FC has had, you know, in in Leesburg now for the last couple seasons. You know, we're going to have the potential for a, a penalty shootout, for instance. Hopefully, that doesn't come to that, but. This is very exciting for a team that's never made the playoffs in the USL. You know that we suddenly have this this great I don't know this injection of uh, of excitement I think that'll happen um so that that'll be a great little start to um our open cup uh, history the the next bit of of or the next question I guess to say is well, you know with, with regards to what does this mean the new ownership for 2023 <clears throat> and I would say it it means there's going to be new streams different streams maybe better streams of funding um, you're already seeing Betfred, which is going to be the 
official sports betting partner of Loudoun United. You know, a lot of names like that are going to start coming out of the woodwork, and you're going to see more contracts of of, of organizations that aren't necessarily going to need to be tied directly to DC United, and so you'll see those opportunities come forward. And and you know that Loudoun County is no. Um, is not shy with money so that there's going to be opportunities for the team to make more money for the for the front office to be able to do more with that money. And I think that in, in general, <clears throat> the fans will, will get more out of that. And one of the things that the fans might get out of that is events. Um, and, and one, one such event is this upcoming Jersey reveal. I think that there's a lot of hype around this, you know, I think the, it's been sold out since pretty early on um, for tickets to attend this Jersey reveal party that's going on at Lost Rhino on the 24th of February, but you know there's there's more hype around this for the first time I think in a long time since since maybe the Jersey reveal back in the 2019 ahead of the 2019 season. So uh, you'll you'll see more stuff like that come out, and I think that that's excellent. The next set of questions would be, well, what does it mean for 2024 and beyond? And that's hard to know. Um, as DC develops this MLS MLS Next Pro team, <clears throat> you might see less players come in to the the Segra Field side of the house from DC. You know, you might see that a lot of them spend more time up wherever that ends up being, <clears throat> probably Baltimore. But um, it also, you know, it, it means that there's there's some hope I think for stability in in the future for for Loudon and and some staying power for Loudon to stick around in. Um, in the area and, and to, to continue to be a franchise that we all can go watch and participate in and see. Um, and, and that's part and tied to the, the wonderful uh, contract that, that Loudoun County uh, signed with, with DC United to uh, require a professional soccer at at least the second tier to be playing there so long as that, uh, that, that I guess for a period of time, maybe a period of a couple of years or however long, but it, it, it probably means a good thing at the very least uh, for for Loudon's future and for our future as uh, as fans of the team. So uh, yeah, that's that's all I've got for for this episode. Um, I'm gonna come back at you with some more stuff uh, either later in the week or perhaps uh, after the next round of Concacaf U17 Championship matches. But either way, thanks for tuning in as always, and uh, yeah, see you around.